So today I want to talk about preferred returns and how they relate to cash flow distributions. So it's funny because it is a bit more of a beginner topic, but I feel like I've been fielding a lot of questions around distributions, preferred returns, and implications and how they, how they work together. So I thought I'd make a video and this is definitely going to turn into an article for the upcoming newsletter as well. So to take a step back first and define what we're talking about, uh, preferred returns are a common partnership mechanism whereby investors are owed a minimum rate of return before any performance compensation kicks in. So for example, a typical preferred return you might see is 8%. And that means that investors are owed 8% on their capital, again, before performance compensation kicks in. But there's differences in preferred returns because that 8% could be vague. It could mean 8% cash on cash. It could mean 8% IRR. And that's really the major distinction, also known as an, a European or an American waterfall. The 8% IRR, the IRR-based preferred return, is the more institutional uh, way to calculate the preferred return and what you'll see more commonly uh, in the institutional space. The preferred return, otherwise known as a cash flow promote, is whereby investors are first owed an 8% cash on cash distribution, and then after that is met, any surplus cash flow can be split at the promote rate with the sponsor. So, and then just to go back to the IRR calculation, right? If you have excess distributions above and beyond the 8% preferred return, for example, those additional distributions would still all go to the investors because it's working towards satisfying the preferred return of 8% IRR, right? And the calculation of IRR is you need to not only get the 8% return, which is compounding based on the IRR calculation, but you also need to get the return of capital, right? You can't get a full IRR calculation until you've returned capital. So another way to look at the IRR-based preferred return is step number one, hit a cumulative and compounding 8% preferred return. Step number two, return all original capital. Then number three is finally the promote split. So that's what preferred returns are, right? And in no way do preferred returns guarantee a return or guarantee cash flow. Deals that have no cash flow, for example, like a development deal that anticipates having no cash flow for the first few years, still can have a preferred return and still often does have a preferred return even though there's no cash flow. So preferred returns really have nothing to do with cash flow. Uh, again, if you, going back to the IRR, for example, if you have no cash flow, those, uh, that IRR is just going to accrue, right? That, that preferred return is just going to accrue and compound on itself, and it'll just be calculated at the end of the day uh, when the deal is finally realized. So the reason why I bring up the fact that there's no correlation between preferred returns and cash flow is because, like I said, I've been getting a lot of questions lately about, well, you know, cash flow is very low these days, it's harder to hit the preferred return. What happens if you don't hit the preferred return? Uh, and, and also, you know, some people just have the misunderstanding that when a deal has an 8% preferred return, that actually means that the deal anticipates distributing 8% per year to the investors. All right, and that is just, it's not true. There's no correlation, right? One is partnership structure. The other is a projection of return. And that's why you see deals, irrespective of deal structure, will often project uh, what the projected IRR is and what the projected cash on cash is. And, and also it's of course helpful to see what that projected cash on cash is over 
the course of the years, right? So if it's a three-year hold, five-year hold, 10-year hold, you want to be able to see what the projections are year over year for cash flow. And again, th those cash flow projections don't necessarily have anything to do with the preferred return. As an investor, what you want to account for is, going, is how that preferred return is treated, right? Is it cumulative? It almost always is, right? It's, it's totally nonsensical for the preferred return not to be cumulative. If you don't pay it in one month or one quarter, uh, you know, it needs to carry over to the following. How, what, whether it compounds is another matter. Uh, not all preferred returns compound. And what compounding is, is essentially when you as an investor don't uh, receive a distribution at the preferred return rate, the shortfall accrues to the following pay period and compounds or earns interest on itself at the preferred return rate. So for example, if you invest 100,000 into a deal and let's say there's an 8% preferred return, in the first year you're owed $8,000. But let's say only $6,000 is distributed to you, a 6% cash on cash. The shortfall of 2% or 2,000 carries over to the following pay period, let's just simplify it and go to year two, it not only uh, accrues, right, and therefore you're owed 10000 for year two, it also compounds so that $2,000 actually earns 8% interest on itself. So you're owed $2,016 uh, for year two because it's a compounded return there. And that just goes back to, that, that's done through the IRR calculation. So as an investor, you want to be aware of how your preferred return is treated. And again, kind of the whole purpose of this video was to discuss the, the lack of connection between preferred return and distributions. Because just to recap, again, you could have a 6% preferred return, a 10% preferred return. It has no bearing on what the distributions are. Uh, what is important to understand is how the distributions are treated as it relates to the preferred return and whether there's a cash flow promote or an IRR-based pr uh, preferred return. Uh, whether it's you know cumulative and compounding and also whether it's compounding this is kind of getting into the, the nitty-gritty but whether it's compounding on an annual rate a quarterly rate monthly rate you know most often you'll see that the actual preferred return is calculated via uh, Microsoft Excel XIRR calculation and that's really kind of the industry standard way to do it and if you're not familiar with what the XIRR calculation is it is a way to actually calculate IRR based on corresponding dates with every cash flow. So for example, if you have a deal where $10 million was originally invested on June 1st, you'll, you'll put the date June 1st, 2022, and you'll put the $10 million outflow, and then you'll track for every distribution in or out, you'll have a corresponding date, and then at the end of all that, you'll be able to roll that up via the X IRR calculation into a final IRR number. And that's what you would actually use to calculate your 8% IRR uh, over the course of the deal. And the XIRR calculation is accurate to the day, right? You're actually using corresponding dates and it's accurate to the day. So it's, uh, it, it's interesting because it's accurate to the day, but it's an annual compounding function, right? So you're not compounding on a daily basis, you're compounding on an annual basis, but it's accurate to the day. So hopefully that makes sense. Thank you very much for watching.